Welcome to the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker and author of two best-selling books and the president of three financial companies. Everything that we've created, the different companies, the different divisions, has all kind of been born out of a need. You know, it's not necessarily saying, hey, uh, let's go do this. It's, it's more so saying, you know, where is the need that we see and where are some places that we can fill that need and add value? And then we've kind of created solutions around it. He's also been a guest on several national media outlets like CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. He is also a dedicated husband and father and a big supporter of several local and national charities. Now, it's time for the Wealth and Health Radio Show with your host, Michael Wall. Well, welcome into the Wealth and Health Show. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. And uh, boy, Michelle, each and every week, as you know, I always mention, we have a great show. I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully those listening out there are getting a lot of value. I know we've gotten some good feedback uh, from listeners over the over the time of the show, and it's just been really nice to be able to add value and have different guests on that maybe you don't hear each and every day. I know we got a great guest coming up uh, at the end of the show or later in the show, I mm-hmm. should say, uh, that you're not going to want to miss. How about it? Yes, we certainly do. And I am excited about this show because make sure you stay tuned because later on we're going to talk to Heisman Trophy winner and anybody who's a Florida Gator knows this name. It is Danny Werfel. He is joining us on the show today. He's going to talk about how he got into football and really what he's doing now. And mm. I look forward to hearing that. That That's going to be a very, very good interview that's coming up later on in the show, later on in the hour. A lot of fun. And boy, I'll tell you, you know, markets and the financial world out there, folks, if you've been paying attention to some degree, or not paying attention yeah. to some degree, they have been rocky. And, you know, Michelle, I hate to say we, we you know, the old saying when you were younger, your parents used to say, hey, I told you so, you know. Right, right. <laughs> and we always hated to hear that. What? You know. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is something where we have been talking about this mm-hmm. uh, since November, really, October, November of 2014, as we've started to really see the markets go sideways and Consequently, we have taken steps well in advance to reposition and change portfolios so that way, you know, we have not a lot of the rock and roll, so to speak, of the markets. Our clients just have not participated in it. We've been in a place where we've kind of been on the sidelines with some of our money, uh, some different alternatives and hybrid structures. So we're in a place where we have not felt the downturn and the downwind of this market, which when you're looking at managing and protecting wealth, folks, it's something you got to ask yourself the question. And I love this question, Michelle. I know there's a few clips you want to play, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to that, which is good. But I love the question of this. And, and people really need to be thinking about this, and that is this. If you, when the markets go up mm-hmm. and when the markets go down, go up, you go up, your portfolio value, your investment value goes up, and your investment value goes down. If that's your story, the question is, what are you paying your advisor for? Right. I mean, really think about that. I know we've talked about that before, but I think it's a great question, Michelle, for people to think about. Exactly, because that's the thing. It's that old saying that a uh, a high tide raises all boats. And so, yeah. but conversely, a low tide will bring all boats down low. And so yeah. what you've got to do if you're wise, especially, you know, folks who have boats, you really make sure that your boat is safe before it goes into low tide and it doesn't run aground. And that's really right. what you, we're looking to do with yep. with our finances and everything we've worked so hard to create all these years. We want to protect it. Yeah. Yeah. Preparing in advance. And that's one of the reasons that we've taken steps already 
you know, in 2015 and some other things to really move into protection mode. And so consequently, all of the negative markets here, you know, really since uh, uh, November or so, October, November, we've been in a place where in, in our actively traded portfolios, we've been, you know, in a heavy cash position and other things, avoiding all of the loss that we've seen through end of December and even in, in January here, you know, the worst w- open week ever in the market. So Mm -hmm. thankfully we've had the foresight to do that, but it's because, you know, we're paying attention. I think one of the things people need to be thinking about is, are they paying attention? I know you had a couple clips you wanted to play. Right. That kind of speaks to that point a little bit. Exactly. David Buick is a market analyst and he is talking about really what's going on in the markets. Now I want to play this clip for you. And then I've got, uh, I've got a quick question. Certainly in the case of New York, it's the worst beginning to the year that they've seen since then. And on a global basis, something like $2.5 trillion have been wiped off the valuation of most of the major indices around the world. That's not a great start to 2016. (laughs) You know, a lot of people hold to that old adage of how the stock market does in the first week of the year is an indication of how the rest of the year will go. So Mm -hmm. if that old adage is true, Michael, how can we set our nest eggs up to avoid losses to our principal throughout 2016? Is there a way? Can we do that? Well, you know, you certainly can, Michelle. Um, you know, the key, anytime I look at financial investments, I, I look at them all as tools. And unfortunately, you know, people are in a situation where they might be trying to, you know, for a simple example, put a screw into the wall uh, and they might be using a hammer. But, you know, you're going to be in a situation where it might be better if you use a drill. Maybe a, an example that's a little bit better you know, let's say you could be out there on the tennis court playing tennis and you're using a badminton racket, <laughs> mm, yeah. you know, well, you might be able to hit the tennis ball back over, but it's it's not going to be that effective. Or maybe you're on the golf course or you love to play golf and, and you're, you know, there on the tee box and you're trying to use your putter. You know, I mean, it's a golf club, right. but it's the wrong tool. It's the wrong tool for the application. So, yes, there is. There are ways uh, that you can protect yourself. And you can protect your portfolio, but you got to change strategy. That's the key. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of things uh, happen for reasons that we can't always determine. And one of the things we know is the markets are going to move. Nobody knows. Nobody can time markets, Michelle. You just cannot time the markets. You can't. Right. It's been proven year over year over year. Obviously, asset allocation matters. But what's even more important is looking at different strategy. And so, Michelle, what happens is, and we see it all the time when we sit down and we do progress meetings for folks or reviews, really, for folks that are coming in. They're saying, you know, I'm, I've been with this particular advisor or this big house, you know, financial house, big firms for the, all these years. And I'm in a place now where I'm more nervous than ever mm-hmm. because I'm moving closer to retirement. I'm in retirement. What should I do? I'm not getting the answers that I'm looking for. They're telling me to ride it out. They're telling me to hang in there. And that's that's what most people, Michelle, in the financial world are hearing out there. And, and right. unfortunately, you know, that's the easy answer for advisor. Well, just hang in there. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, really, I think what people are saying when they say that is the advisor is saying they don't want to deal with it. Yeah, that's you know, what it sounds it's almost like. like yeah. A, yeah. I mean, it's like, hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. Hang in there. I got to get back. I got to get back to my golf time. Mm-hmm. I got to go. <laughs> I got to get going for my tea time. When at the end of the day, these are portfolios and 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 wealth from families that that people have worked a long time for or transition generation to generation. So it's important to not just say we're just going to hang in there anymore because the markets that we are experiencing today 
And it's not about knee-jerk reactions. It's not about, oh, my goodness, let's just, you know, quick, uh, um, you know, do something that's not appropriate or, or whatever. But the markets today are different than they were five years ago, even 10 years ago. Right. Technology has changed. The opportunities have changed. You know, we have a technology now that we use, Michelle, that actually will put a seatbelt on the portfolio. It gives us the ability to determine, hey, if we want to take a, a fair amount of risk, we can do that. But we can also determine how much loss we are or are not willing to accept. And then there's other investments that are uh, linked to the markets where we will take no loss. Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity to say, you know, make some nice return. The Wharton School of Business, Professor Babel has done some studies on these where we can do some research and and look at some of these uh, structures where we're going to have the ability to average, you know, maybe say four to six, four to seven percent over time and take no market risk. We've we've seen this uh, work well for clients and an alternative. So there's a lot of different things out there that the key is that unfortunately, a lot of folks are in a place in big houses or with other folks in general that have just kind of set it and forget it where um, they're working with an advisor, but really that advisor is an agent, Mm. if you want to think about it from Mm -hmm. that perspective, because they're working for a company. And I think the difference that we bring in, Michelle, is we are boutique. We limit clientele. We want to make sure it's the right fit. Certainly we're growing, but we're at the same place where we're saying it's got to be the right fit one to another, and we got to be able to add value. And my name is on the sign. Right. I'm not working for another company. And, you know, maybe I'll get a better opportunity somewhere else and I go somewhere else. So I think that's those are some of the practices that we've made is, you know, we're vested into the business that we have. So when we work with a client and we help them as their CFO to help protect, grow, et cetera, and create a plan. Yeah, there are ways to protect your wealth from a market downturn. The key is what is appropriate based on the goals that the individual clients or families have. That's really the key. Exactly. And to find out really what your key is, give Michael and the team a call. Find out. Set up an appointment. Call in and say, I would love to find out more about what you were talking about on the radio show. The tools and strategies you were discussing. Will they work for me and my nest egg? How does that work? Let me give you this phone number. It's 866 943-2351. That's 866-943-2351. On the web, of course, it's leanonthewall.com. I want you to stay tuned. Coming up next on the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall, are you one of the 55% of Americans who are in this category? Find out next and stay tuned. Later on in the show, we're going to hear from Heisman Trophy winner, Danny Warfel. folks, Michael Wall here. I want to take a moment away from the show to tell you about an organization that I believe is making a real difference in the world. Big Dog Ranch Rescue in Wellington is the largest no-kill animal rescue in the entire Southeast. Over the years, they've done an incredible job of rescuing thousands of unwanted dogs and puppies and then successfully placing those animals into loving homes. And I can tell you, that the adoptees who give the gift of life to these dogs see their own lives enriched in return. 
If you're looking for a worthwhile organization to support, I hope you'll consider Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And check them out at bdrr.org. That's bdrr.org. Is the volatility of the stock market causing you to lose sleep? Do you wonder how world events might affect your nest egg? Are you wondering how you can protect what you have worked so hard to achieve? Well, Michael Wall can help you out. He's sponsoring an exclusive educational event at Nova Southeastern University that you don't want to miss. It's entitled Help Protect Your Retirement from Financial Uncertainty. Seats are limited for this event and you want to make sure you call now and reserve your space. Call 866-943-2351. That's 866-943-2351. Do your best to help protect what you've earned. 866-943-2351. Welcome back to the Wealth and Health Show with your host, Michael Wall. Michael has appeared on several national media outlets like Fox Business, Bloomberg, and CNBC. And now, back to the show. Welcome back into the Wealth and Health Show, folks. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and thanks for joining us again. We're uh, having a great discussion uh, about finances, how to protect your wealth in any economy. And there are ways to do it. The key is you got to be open to new ideas and change. What are those ideas and what's right for you? You know, that's one of the things, Michelle, we're talking through. Mm -hmm. But to think about funner days, you know, we were talking off air a little bit about the Fonz. I remember that. And uh, you had a little clip there I thought we'd play, just kind of fun. I'm going to flash you back for a little bit. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. And you know what, Michael, believe it or not, it was 42 years ago this year that we were first introduced to the Cunningham family, Richie, uh, mom, dad, Joni, of course, Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz. <laughs> you know, Happy Days for Married on ABC in 1974, and it ran for 11 seasons and had at least mm. four spinoffs. Wow. So there's that's a amazing. Yeah, I just feel I just feel better listening to that song. I know. Don't you? <laughs> it makes you happy. <laughs> it just makes me smile. It does. It yeah. does bring back happier days. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, you hear so much doom and gloom anymore today. I, I, I was talking with a, a media outlet, you know, um, in one of the segments we were on mm-hmm. um, nationally, and they were just talking about they had pulled viewers. And the viewers had basically said, Michelle, you know, we're tired of all the doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. We want to see more positive. You know, there's so many things, as, as you'll hear folks with Danny and all the great things that are going on, Danny Warfel. Uh, all the great things that he's got going on mm-hmm. through the things that they're doing and some different organizations. And it's there, there's there's a lot of that out there, but you don't hear about it on the mainstream media. Right. You just don't. It's all doom and gloom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and having worked in mainstream media, a lot of it, it's very interesting because uh, I know I, I worked at one station and we tried to do good news, but then people tuned out. And so it was very yeah. interesting to see that that, you know, different because covering the doom and gloom is not fun either and so uh right it, it it always you know what it is i i think michelle people are creatures of habit you know yes. it's like uh you know we're, we're on the highway and you're driving down the road and you're in a situation where you're you know you're going three miles an hour on mm-hmm. an interstate and you're like what the heck is going on and you're driving down and you go and you go and you, go, you finally get to the place where you at the crash scene right right and you're like, oh, look at all these people over here. You know, they're rubbernecking, looking over, you know, slowing me down. I got to be somewhere or whatever. But what happens when you get by the yep. crashing yourself? You, you know, you 
turn your neck over and you yourself evaluate what in the world's going on here. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So (laughs) I guess it can be easy to point the finger and say, hey, you're doing this and you're doing that and that's causing X, Y, Z. But a lot of times it's self-inflicted. Right. Right. And I think that's the point is, Michelle, you know, we look at situations and we say, you know, in relation to our finances, we say, geez, you know, the reason this happened and the reason that happened is because of X, Y, Z, things outside of my control. And certainly there's a lot of things outside of your control. But, folks, the reason that I'm sharing that is because now if you've listened to this show and you've checked us out to some degree and you're in a situation where you're not happy with what's happening with your finances, I'm, I'm telling you, we're telling you there are other alternatives. There are other solutions You know, we've been doing this, Michelle, since 2002, I should say, Mm -hmm. where we've been assisting and helping clients with their future needs, wealth needs, et cetera. And we have a lot of happy stories. And so what I'm saying is for folks that are out there that are listening to this, if they're in a situation where they're saying, I'm not happy, all I'm saying to those folks is, listen, you could be, now that you know uh, the, the cause of some of your own problems in the future because you now know there's an opportunity to take some steps to make some change. Whether it's right for you or not, we don't know that. But when you know the answers and when you know the opportunity exists and you don't take the steps, it's almost like uh, you know blaming all the people on the, on the road in front of you mm-hmm. for slowing you down. When you get to that accident and you look your own self, because what are you doing when you do that, Michelle? You're you're slowing everybody b- behind you down, right? Exactly, exactly. And that that is the key is really to look at yourself and be able to make that change if you would like to. And that, Michael, I- I'm glad you brought that up because it reminds me of this report I recently saw from Fidelity, and it found that 45 percent of Americans believe that they're on track to afford their basic expenses in retirement, but that means there are 55 percent who may not be. What advice do you give folks to make sure that they're on track for their retirement and then stay on track once they're in retirement? Yeah, well, you know, I think the first thing is you have to, you got to treat your portfolio and your wealth as a business. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I see too many people where, you know, they're, they're making connections and they're working with professionals not always, but a lot of times they're, you know, because it's more fun, they're maybe doing their reviews or they're doing their connections on the golf course or playing tennis or, you know, at a, you know, an event somewhere. You're out on a yacht or you're out doing something and you're just having a have an event and, you know, you feel good. You're seeing your people that are helping you and that's and that's about it. Or you maybe have a lunch somewhere, but you're not really in the conference room diving deep and talking about some pitfalls that could affect you long-term, et cetera. In other words, you're not really treating, you wouldn't, you wouldn't own a business mm-hmm. and be in a situation where you said, hey, you know, we're going to have all of our meetings about crucial details on the business uh, while we're going to watch the football game somewhere. Right. You know, you're going to sit down in a confined area with information uh, and research that helps you make a good decision you know, in regards to where is the best step to take the business in the future. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think when people look at their portfolios, they don't give it the attention that it needs and looking at it as a business. So from that perspective, as far as ne- having your needs and, and not outliving your income and, and making sure that you can live the way you want to live, I think you got to start there. And I think if you're not happy with what's happened with with where you are portfolio-wise, then you got to make some changes in relation to how is that going to take you into 
making sure that you have enough money to live and, and being comfortable with how you live. Because in that evaluation process, what you got to evaluate really, Michelle, is what are your actual needs? Right. What are your actual needs? What are your actual wants? I had a, I had a connection with a, a gentleman. He was a doctor uh, a little bit ago, and we sat down. That was one of the things we really talked through as he was looking for a second opinion, as he was saying, you know, Mike, this is what I want to do in retirement. This is what I'm doing now. This is where my portfolio is. And we talked about his goals specifically, you know, not just the old question, are you conservative, moderate, or aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. But we really talked about his life. You know, what matters to you? Where do you want to be? In your future, what do you want to do in your future? What are some of the things, what are some of the steps you want to take? So I think sitting down and really getting to a place where you can have a good, deep conversation and be in a place where now you can say, okay, now we know what our base situation is. And that's good to do. Kind of spring cleaning, you know, deep cleaning. You want to really get down. There might be some dirt there in the corner you missed, but in that deep cleaning, you're going to find it. And that's one of the things we want to do in a portfolio is really sit down, dive deep. Now, when you know that, Now you're going to be confident to say, okay, this is actually what I want to do. I got a plan. And now I can create strategy around that that's going to help me meet and maintain my goals. Because you you would, a lot of times folks, Michelle, are pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. in the fact that they actually can take a bunch less risk than they think they need to take. Right. To meet their goals. Right. And who wouldn't want to take less risk to achieve your goal? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, because now you're in a place where you're saying, listen, if I can achieve my goals with taking less risk, is there any reason you wouldn't want to do that? Right. I can't think of any reason because when I think of risk, and and there are some people who, you know, they enjoy, there's an adrenaline push with that, but that's when you go and you you bungee jump. You don't want to do that with (laughs) with your life savings and what you save for with retirement. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's bungee jumping can be good until the cord breaks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. One of the ways you can do that with a portfolio, it doesn't mean you don't take risk. It's just calculated risk. Mm-hmm. You know, understanding what that looks like. And when you compartmentalize your portfolio and you allocate it in such a way where you say, okay, this piece is designed to do this for me. This piece is to take care of this for me. Well, now by doing that and allocating correctly, instead of just saying, okay, well, as you get older, you're going to have less equities and more bonds. You're going to have more of this and less that. And that's the typical approach that a lot of people take. And that is that that system really doesn't maximize your wealth from my perspective anymore and, and the way the markets are. And that's that's been shown through in what happened in the 2008 markets. That's showing through what's happening in these rocky markets now. So when we do that, we can still take risk, but it's calculated. And there are still opportunities out there that are paying nice yields. Uh, we just have to look at all the details and research them. Well, and obviously, that's what we do exactly. as we sit down and be the CFO. So let me give you a phone number so you can call Michael and the team. Find out what it looks like for your personal situation. 866-943-2351. That's 866 866- Nine four three twenty three fifty one on the web. It's leanonthewall.com. Stay tuned because coming up next on the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall, we're going to be talking with Heisman Trophy winner, former Florida Gator and New Orleans Saint, Danny Warfel. That's on the way next.
what the stock market is going to do next week? Of course you don't. Nobody knows. Not even the so-called experts on the financial news channels. The fact is, today's financial environment is more complex than ever, and you need a solid team of professionals to help you maximize your wealth. That's why it's time to lean on the wall, as in Michael Wall, and the team at the Wall Financial Group. They specialize in strategies designed to help you preserve and grow the retirement portfolio you've worked so hard to build. They can assist you with everything from tax and estate planning to wealth management. Give them a call at 866-943-2351 and see if you qualify for a complimentary Living Well Retirement Review with Michael Wall. That's 866-943-2351 or visit leanonthewall.com. Investment advisory services offered through RetireWell LLC. RetireWell LLC and Wall Financial Group Incorporated are not affiliated. Wall Financial Group Incorporated is a financial services firm that offers a broad array of products and services. Insurance products offered through Wall Financial Group Incorporated, licensed in Florida, Pennsylvania, and several other states. Thanks for joining us on the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. And uh, boy, I hope you've been having a great week. It's a great, great year, new year. Hopefully, you've uh, started making some of those new resolutions and goals and uh, more than just resolutions, really taking steps to change your life. You know, without change, there is no change. <laughs> kind of a, an ironic thing, but it's something that we all need to be working towards and looking to do is how we can improve. Because, you know, at the end of the day, Michelle, one of the things we always wanted to do with the show and in life in general is look for different ways to add value. Mm-hmm. And uh, week to week, obviously, we're having different guests on, whether they're on the holistic health side or professional medical side or uh, entrepreneur side. We have some great guests upcoming, some other uh, baseball players, as well as some other predominant business owners, as well as just, uh, you know, us talking about markets and what's happening out there. How can you live well mm-hmm. in any economy? But, you know, Michelle, we were blessed today to have a, a neat, uh, really dynamic story. Danny Warfel uh, on the show, and uh, he is, uh, you know, kind of a, an expert in his own right in a lot of things. For those of you that are in Florida, you're familiar with him, mm-hmm. the Gator fans, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Danny, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Michelle, thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, Danny, I know we got a chance to kind of connect a little bit more in Atlanta a couple uh, uh, months or so ago, and it was interesting just to get to understand your story in general. And I know uh, I thought we'd start out for those that uh, I know a lot of people obviously are familiar with the name. There's a lot of things that you've done at Florida and, you know, obviously for the college and then as you went pro and all that. But um, maybe I thought we'd start out and talk about you know, some of the things that you've seen on your journey as far as, you know, how you got into football and, you know, what led you to where you were and some of the different things that caused you to have some success all the way through. Yeah, well, you know, I was like uh, like a lot of kids that just loved to play. And, and for me, it was always with some sort of ball. I mean, even from the time I was a little kid, I was kicking or throwing or shooting uh, and just loved all sports. I, I played basketball and soccer and uh, played, you know, uh, all sorts of different things growing up, tennis, racquetball. And when I was in ninth grade, I remember um, having this uh, this ninth grade teacher, you had to sign, like, what's one of your main goals? And my goal was to get a college scholarship, but I really thought at the time my best shot was in basketball. Oh, wow. Uh, I, was just, I was playing basketball and football. and um, But then as I got into high school and just ended up uh, in Fort Walton Beach in the panhandle of Florida and had a, a great coach, uh, a high school coach, move into the area, Jimmy Ray Stevens, and I was, 
you know, uh, there's more six foot two quarterbacks than six foot two power forwards, uh, <laughs> basketball players. So it just sort yeah. of became became that that was the sport that kind of became the, the focus for me. And just you know, looking back, you know, like a lot of people, it's it's on one hand, if you have success, you can you can remember those times where you think maybe you you did this or worked harder or maybe were more talented. But I think if you're honest and you look back you really realize how many things happened way out of your control along the way that were just major blessings. I mean, that, that year in ninth grade, we were supposed to move to Minot, North Dakota. Oh, wow. My dad was in the Air Force. And instead, we moved to, you know, Mecca, Florida of uh, high school football. And so I could have been like a professional ice fisherman. <laughs> and instead, we moved to Florida and end up with a great coach. Uh, I end up uh, just having a lot of things fall in my lap. I, I get to go to Florida and play for Steve Spurrier, who's arguably one of the greatest of all time uh, college coaches and uh, you know quarterback coaches. And so just, I really, when, when I look at my football career and I think about it, I, I often wonder if it really happened. Like, did I, did I dream all that? That's like too good mm. to be true. Uh, mm. Just feel very, very fortunate and very blessed. Yeah, that's that's great. I tell you, you know, and I was, I was just kind of looking over some things, and you've just won, obviously, uh, you know, a bunch of different awards, and uh, including the Heisman and all that. And transition to the pros was was exciting. We'll chat about that in a, in a minute. I, I think it's interesting what you said as far as things happening way outside of your control. You know, I love the verse in Proverbs, Proverbs five twenty one. It says, "For the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes." And you know, I just kind of think that. Um, you know, as we as we look for truth, uh, we find the path to, to some degree. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you got to take the next best step, and you know, you never yeah. know what's going to get thrown at you. You never know. You know, maybe I did end up in Minot, North Dakota, and then you got to figure out what's the what's the next right thing to do there. What's the the truth of that moment and that event mm. that you've got to try to seek? And one of the things I I keep finding is is this sense of of being open for that. I think we we tend to think we find all the answers, and then when something comes before us, we think we already know exactly what the truth is for that moment when, you know, life and the Lord might be causing us to, to consider, uh, you know, going left if we've always gone right or right if we've always gone left. And that was a big part of, you know, my, my life's journey was kind of the, the switch between, you know, moving in my direction, literally turning right off my street to go play football to retiring and turning left to go begin working at Desire Street. And so mm. just kind of that continual openness, is it's really hard to, to maintain. Yeah, so the idea, I guess, that I'm hearing you saying is being willing to change as, as you move along. I, what, what do you think would be, you know, Danny, there's, obviously there's a lot of sports athletes out there today, and, and there's a very, very small amount that make it to the high level you know, win the Heisman and do all the things that you've been blessed and had the opportunity to do. Um, what would you say would be one or two or maybe even three, if, if you could put it into that, things that can make the difference, you know, in, in athletes today? I mean, is it just, you know, you hear all about, oh, this this guy or this girl, you know, they're just naturally gifted, they're naturally talented. And I think that has a, has a role to play in it. But is, is it mainly that or would you attribute it to work ethic and other things in general as well? Well, I think it, to to get to that level, there's you've got to have been blessed with a certain level of just innate athletic ability. You know, there's not any you know five foot eleven centers playing in the NBA type of thing. <laughs> but 
You know, there's a uh, Malcolm Gladwell has a great book called Outliers that just talks mm-hmm. about some of the people that have become crazy successful. And kind of reflecting on something I already said is that even he shows that you know you've got to be fortunate to be in a place where you get the opportunities to develop and grow. Um, so often that's just the luck of the draw or where you were born or, uh, you know, what, what family or culture or race or where you are. And, you know, you could be the best golfer in the history of the world, but if you grew up in a family that never knew anything or could afford to golf, you might never know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big thing is, is really just being fortunate, you know? And then I, I do think that, uh, you know, talent carries you, carries you a, a good way, but, you know, that the the ability to, you know, make the right choices because honestly the best the best athletes I've been around in my life you never heard of because along the way they got caught up in some things that uh, whether it was not being able to, to take care of their grades or, mm-hmm. or you know, different types of uh, substance stuff or, or behavioral mm-hmm. things that kind of take you out of the out of the game, you know, so that sort of thing. But, you know, the other thing that I'll, I'll reflect on, I just feel, you know, our family just uh, went on this trip over this past weekend, and it was one of these things where almost everything that could have gone wrong did. <laughs> and, but, um, you know, our family, which often uh, for all of us don't handle frustration and disappointment very well, was able to hold it together. We didn't have any meltdowns from the, from the kids that were too bad or from the parents, I, to be honest. And, the the reality to handle disappointment and frustration and move mm-hmm. on, life is tough. Life has disappointments. Life has frustrations, and and to be able to manage those and come back in a productive sense, I think, is critical to, to being able to develop and succeed as an athlete, as a person, as a business person. And so you see that in people that are are hyper successful. Um, you know, the greatest example might be Abraham Lincoln of just all mm-hmm. the setbacks he had. And the ability to 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 continue is is a really amazing trait, I think. So handling disappointment, and yeah, and that was a question that I had for you because you know I was talking with a couple other guys. Now these guys were uh, major baseball, Braden Looper and uh, Jonathan Johnson, good guys. They have a ministry in Cuba, went and doing some other things, and we're um, actually going to be having them on the show in a little bit. And they were talking about all the temptation that goes around an athlete. And obviously you went from college to the pros and there's probably quite a transition there. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but what would you say would be one of the things that helped you, you know, in your life, Danny, really handle frustration, handle disappointment. And, and more than anything, you know, like you were talking about some of the guys that kind of fell off the wagon, um, you know, in, in sports, what kept you on point? Well, one, I, I'm certainly I have fallen off plenty in my own way, so there, there's no perfection over on this side of the phone. But I, I would mm. say that I do think um, there is a strange challenge. It's it's subtle. It's often unseen that comes along with being successful at anything. Mm. And if you're the the CEO of your company, or you know even a pastor at a big church, or a celebrity, people around you tend to treat you differently and then that becomes the only world that you know and then you you know if i tell a joke people laugh i'm going to think i'm funny where you Mm -hmm. might tell the same joke and people may not you know depending and so you know you you can almost live in a bubble and Mm -hmm. where all the people around you are kind of part of this bubble and then you can slowly live in a world that's not completely grounded and i think one of the blessings in my life is from the time i kind of 
made it in that public sense in, at Florida and, and up, up even to this debt through this day. There are people that I'm really close to that really don't know or care about football. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, I remember throwing six touchdowns against Alabama in an SEC championship game. And then the next day I was having lunch at a family's house in Gainesville. And as I was leaving the table, I got scolded at by the mom for not picking up my plate and cleaning, you know, cleaning <laughs> the table. Yeah. And those, those grounding situations uh, are so – you know, when you can create a life where you don't have those and people kind of all kind of take care of your different things, it's easy to get swept up in that. But I think having some some really core relationships with people that aren't swept away by your fame or your celebrity or by your money, but if all your relationships are people that, you know, uh, work for you or support you or mm-hmm. are fans, right. you, kind of, you kind of miss out on some of the, the normalcy of life that keeps people human and grounded. Yeah. So maybe aligning yourself with people that, that are willing to speak truth uh, to yeah. you, regardless of what you do. I think that's, that's what I'm getting from that. I think that's good yeah. stuff. And uh, we got to, we got to cut to a commercial here, Michelle, but next segment, I want to come back Danny. I want to talk to you a little bit about the idea of, um, you know, just transition to pros, what you're doing now and what some of that, you know, introduction of football, not only college, pro the the work dynamic ethic etc has done to impact what you're currently involved with now which i think is really kind of exciting so stay tuned folks we're going to get to that in just a minute is the volatility of the stock market causing you to lose sleep do you wonder how world events might affect your nest egg Are you wondering how you can protect what you have worked so hard to achieve? Well, Michael Wall can help you out. He's sponsoring an exclusive educational event at Nova Southeastern University that you don't want to miss. It's entitled Help Protect Your Retirement from Financial Uncertainty. Seats are limited for this event and you want to make sure you call now and reserve your space. Call 866-943-2351. That's 866-943-2351. Do your best to help protect what you've earned. 866-943-2351. Thanks for joining us on the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. And uh, as always, we... I uh, love to share thought and insight to help you live well in any economy in life and really, as we mentioned earlier, add more value. We're having a conversation with Danny Warfel and uh, just talking about life in general. And uh, Michelle, I know, you know, we've had a, a bunch of different guests on in the past and it's mm-hmm. always neat to um, speak with someone that's kind of, you know, being forthcoming and honest. You know, it's easy to have success as you work hard through life, but it's mm-hmm. not always the case where you have somebody that's that's honest in everything you do. And, of course, that's why I have you on, Michelle. You keep us honest and keep us focused, right? <laughs> I, I try. I try. I do what I can. But uh, I really appreciate it, Danny, what you were saying uh, in our last segment about surrounding yourself with people who will mm-hmm. help keep you grounded. Because mm-hmm. I do think that that's where a lot of people go astray. A lot of businesses may go astray because you're just surrounding yourself with yes people and not people who will really tell you the truth. <laughs> I was... I had an idea. I don't. I don't know that'll ever come to fruition. But the idea of writing a book called like "How the Heisman Stiff Armed Me," subtitled "How Being 
super successful can sometimes stunt your growth as a human. Yeah. And, you know, like chapter one, you're not as funny as you think. You know, chapter yeah. two, you're, you're not as smart as you think. And, yeah. you know, and just kind of be a little tongue-in-cheek way. And I, I imagine there'd be a lot of... Uh, employees maybe buying it for their bosses i don't know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of random christmas gifts that show up yeah, with that yeah. <laughs> going out quick right well it is true and you know even you know you talked earlier about having um you know those folks hey pick your plate up there you know um after you just threw those touchdown passes at the game and all that and it's something where you know the bible talks about having many advisors and you know we see that a lot of times danny on the even on the financial side and business coaching and other things where people that are more successful and that make the good decisions and choices are taking the time to get the right advice. And, you know, how valuable was that to you as you transition? I mean, obviously I can, I I can't imagine the difference between going, you know, you're, you're on stage, you're doing your thing uh, on the college sense, and then you go pro. And in that transition, obviously there's a lot of butterflies. I love what Zig Ziglar says, you know, he says, you can't, get the butterflies to go away, but you can get them flying in formation. <laughs> so what yeah. for you, I mean, what was some of the things that helped you kind of transition well as you did that to the next level, which is, you know, the, the pinnacle really in, in, uh, in the football world. How, how did that work for you and what do you do to kind of, you know, really focus well on where you needed to be? Sure. Well, uh, uh, for those that are not big football fans out there, I had a, tremendously successful college football career and arguably as equally uh, uh, unsuccessful professional career. I, I played for seven years but didn't play very much, mostly as a backup, and the times I got in uh, didn't do super well. So, uh, But for me, kind of the transition point, um, you know, I, it was really interesting. It was such a weird experience to, to have – so much success as a young person and to kind of kind of go through that mentally and psychologically and emotionally spiritually and kind of make sense of that but i i really came out thinking about you know life you know as as a christian not so much as a job or an occupation but sort of as a as a calling as an opportunity and i was going to start my my job part of my life out of college as a football player, but really how can that, how can that kind of be some sort of a, a vocation of a, of a ministry? And so I always kind of looked at it that way and uh, had some great experiences being on teams, you know, several that weren't that good and a couple of winning teams in, 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 in my time there, but just the, the relationships, the uniqueness of being in the NFL and that experience uh, was, was phenomenal. Um, you know, the good side of not playing a lot in the NFL is, you know, most of the hits I took to my body were as a younger man where you can heal quicker. Yeah. I couldn't imagine, like, could you imagine being a Peyton Manning or a Brett oh. Favre and just, yeah. oh, Jeez. my goodness. I'm, These guys uh, my kids, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm having lightsaber battles with my kids now that I don't think I could have had yeah. uh, had I played. So um, my mindset was to add value. I, you know, part of me, I did think, uh, you know, if the situation was right, I'd get a chance and then do well. So I was always optimistic and hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, it wasn't, uh, the most, uh, important thing in my world to, to be successful, uh, in the NFL. So really being in a place where you, you saw life from more of a holistic perspective, um, 
Yeah. And I, I, you know, I love the idea, you know, when we think about life, you know, what defines you often determines who you are. In other words, you know, are you, is your life defined by the car that you drive, the house you live in, the people that connect with you? It's interesting, you know, Danny, as you know, we have an office, uh, we have offices in, in Florida and Pennsylvania and really clients from all over the country. And, you know, the difference when we're down here in Palm Beach is, is very, very different as far as the the lifestyle, the level of wealth, and all that goes with that. And it doesn't make a person better or worse. It's just the reality of, of where it is. Things kind of navigate one to another, and I guess people like the beach and the sun. <laughs> but, yes. But, you know, it's it's just interesting. Um, I You know, I love Todd. We interviewed Todd and, and Tom Mullins in the past. Tom wrote a book called uh, Passing the Leadership Baton, and he is uh, also the uh, – a president of Equip, which is a John Maxwell division, but he talked about the idea of no one stands in line for average. And, you know, as I think about that, I just think about the importance of kind of what you said is is really looking at our lives and living on point in all that we do. And thinking that way and, and kind of having that kind of mindset, is that kind of what really led you into what you're doing now with Desire Street? Maybe we'll talk about that for a minute. And Or is this something that has is, is always kind of been in your heart, you've always wanted to do, but you just weren't sure what it looked like? How did that all kind of come through to fruition? Probably all the things you mentioned. You know, it's not just one thing. The, the Probably the most significant thing that I had was a, an interest and an openness to 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 be to be ready for what came, you know. I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to be in New Orleans probably just for a little bit of time. I want to be a part of something that that helps, and I have no idea what that is. So there is this sort of interest, openness, uh, maybe the word availability. You know, we're always so busy, we're never making ourselves available for a lot of things that may not be in our sphere or control. And so, um, just hearing about this. A small young organization called Desire Street in one of the worst neighborhoods of the country, and a lot of the challenges that the, the families and the kids in particular were facing there. And it was not far from the Superdome, where as a Gator we won the national championship, and now I'm mm-hmm. playing as a New Orleans Saint. So mm-hmm. all these things came together with this openness to go see it. And I, I remember driving in, seeing these old, had to have been uh, abandoned uh, project buildings built in the 50s, should have been condemned and torn down. And then I noticed a little girl walking out in one of these buildings with the doll and and realized that's her home. Mm -hmm. And just begin to learn more and more about the stories uh, and back to, you know, here I am living a life with so many privileges and opportunities that I never knew other people didn't have in our own country. And so just just kind of that desire to do something, to be a part, to, to, you know, develop relationships with the kids and the families there. And that just led to my interest, my desire to be a part of this small organization in New Orleans in the worst neighborhood that, frankly, the goal was simply to, to turn that neighborhood holistically around into a healthy neighborhood, which is like an insane dream. Mm. Uh, and yet, and then with the, the vision of if that can happen there, it can happen in other places. And so mm-hmm. I got involved, uh, volunteered all throughout my NFL career and ended up retiring, working at Desire Street. And, you know, it'd take an hour or two interview to talk about how Katrina impacted us and mm-hmm. we lost our home. Wow. We lost, uh, you know, everything at the facility where the ministry was, was, was ruined and underwater and, just began this whole process of rebuilding and retooling and 
And now, uh, Desire Street, we're working with inner city ministries all over the southeast, hmm. and we are rebuilding a, a community center and a hospital, small hospital clinic, and a early childhood development center in the ninth ward of New Orleans as we speak. It'll be done uh, uh, in a few months, and just a lot of exciting things where we get to invest in neighborhoods. We work with people that live there and help them lead the transformation of their own neighborhood, and it's just been it's been challenging. It's it's come with a lot of tears, a lot of celebration, um, highs and lows. But when I when I go to bed, I feel like I'm participating in something that in, mm. that really matters. Adding value in in life in general. I, mm-hmm. I, I you know I thought what was interesting you said there about, um, and I've always been a proponent of this because I think it's important, and, and you were just kind of saying, being available, you know, in whatever stage of life you were in. I know, Michelle, you know, we've talked before mm-hmm. about, uh, again, I'm a big Zig Ziglar fan. I mean, he's unfortunately passed, but back when I was at Liberty, I sold books door to door in the summertime for three summers, and I was doing a lot of motivational stuff. While I was knocking doors door to door. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but he talked about, he talks about the idea of someday aisle, you know, and I think, Danny, a lot of people live life in that way. Well, you know, someday when I get all this right or someday when I get a certain amount of money, a certain amount of wealth or some certain amount of whatever, you know, then I'll do this or then I'll take care of that or, you know, that type of thing. And I think it's, it, it reminds me of the lady that gave the mite. You know, in the Bible, I mean, it's just it's about it's about giving what you can when you can mm-hmm. um, and, and just being involved as as you go along. I know we just have about another uh, two minutes or so left here, Danny, and I want to give you an opportunity uh, real quick to um, just share maybe a little bit more of some of the goals that you guys have in 2016 for Desire Street and uh, how if somebody wanted to find out more about Desire Street, where mm-hmm. where should they go? What should they do? And Danny, before well, you answer that, I'd, I'd also like to know why you why the name Desire Street. I've heard that before, and I, mm, I just think mm-hmm. that's very uh, encouraging and and motivating. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Well, uh, the the short answer is because we started on Desire Street. That was the name of the street in New Orleans. The Desire Housing Project was the second largest in the country years ago. Hmm. Uh, it's it's a different part, same street from Tennessee Williams Play, a streetcar named Desire. Hmm. So uh, that's the name. But then the kind of the idea behind it is we want you know every neighborhood to be a desirable place to live. Hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's the kind of is is this idea of both the the name of the street and the vision for what we want all the neighborhoods to to look like. And you know our website is desirestreet.org and it's got all the information. But really. Uh, right now, we're trying to figure out how we can expand into more neighborhoods. We've got we've got uh, several neighborhoods that are asking us to come and, and work with them, and so we're trying to build some capacity to to be able to move into some new neighborhoods here in 2016. So that's the the one real specific goal. The other is we're trying to finish this uh, this rebuild of the property in New Orleans in the Ninth Ward uh, on Desire Street, and again, it's going to be a community center. A uh, medical clinic and an early childhood development center, and we've got uh, we've raised nine out of the ten million dollars so far. So we're in the final home stretch and trying to finish that project. It's going to be a incredible beacon of light in in the neighborhood there. So uh, DesireStreet.org is uh, the way to to check in on what we're doing, and those are the two real specific things we're trying to accomplish in the next six months. Well, that's great. And, uh, you know, so folks, if you're out there and you want to learn more about them, go ahead and visit him, DesireStreet.org. 
org and obviously if you're in a place where you're listening to this and you want to get a copy of the show uh, to share to someone who you think may benefit from listening to the interview or be interested in in getting involved whatever it may be feel free to visit us at leanonthewall.com again leanonthewall.com and send a request and we'll do everything we can to get that to you but Danny thanks for taking some time out and uh, mm-hmm. sharing your story and sharing your thoughts to all the folks uh, listening out there well, Michael, Michelle, thank you guys. You guys do a great job and appreciate the effort you put into encouraging people to to uh, that, that that idea of changing, transformation, something new, healthy. I love it. And what can we do today to now? I'm going to hang up the phone and think of something I can do right now to, to be a little bit better. There you go. Love there it. you go. I like it. <laughs> well, love thanks, it. Danny. Thanks so much, Have a great Danny. one. All right. Take care. Boy, I'll tell you, Michelle, you know, it was really great to have him on and just get some thoughts in general. And uh, folks, uh, I want to thank you for joining us again each and every week. And, you know, obviously each and every week we have different shows, different guests, different thoughts, talking on, again, a variety of different things. And the desire is to help you live well in any economy. So if you've missed the show, feel free to visit iTunes, go to iTunes.com or Stitcher. And search for Wealth and Health Show. Or to keep it real simple, just go to leanonthewall.com and you can listen to the previous show. But until next week, here is to living well in any economy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wealth and Health Radio Show with Michael Wall. To schedule your own personal appointment, call 866-943-2351. That's 866-943-2351. And to find out more about Michael and the entire team at Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. The information covered today is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal or tax advice. It cannot be used to avoid tax penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. You are encouraged to consult your tax attorney or advisor. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurer. Riders may be available at an additional cost. Products and features may vary from state to state. For full details on how life insurance works, including fees, expenses, and costs, contact our office at 866-943-2351. Investment advisory services offered through RetireWell, LLC. RetireWell, LLC and Wall Financial Group, Inc. are not affiliated.